Hey, everybody. How you doing? I hope you're having a wonderful day, evening, uh, wherever you are listening or watching this podcast. Uh, so we're, we're well into the summer. Let me start by saying I've got a great guest for you today on the show and uh, really, really excited to talk to him. First time on Ike Live. We're old guys now, both of us. I've known this guy for seems like a super long time, but I've got Terry Brown, good friend, uh, joining us on the show. You know Terry from Wired to Fish and other things. And we're going to be talking to him about some stuff that you probably didn't know. And I'm excited to speak with him about that. Uh, just a little catch up for you guys. Um, it's been, uh, it's, I'd say it's been a fairly busy summer. We've got a couple elite events left. Uh, very excited to hopefully end the season on a good note. I'm finally catching fish again, which feels nice. Uh, also, uh, we've got uh, a couple Ike Foundation updates for you real quick. Uh, if you've been following along over there, uh, they're doing a great job getting new kids fishing. And we have uh, a kayak event coming up in September. Uh, you know, if you're a kayak angler, come out and fish this event. Uh, we got some great prizes. We're giving away a Hobie kayak for first place, plus a lot of other stuff. But here's the deal. All the proceeds go toward getting kids fishing, uh, especially kids in untraditional areas. So come on up. It's back at Lake Nakamixon in Pennsylvania. It's a great event. You could check it out at the ikefoundation.org. Also, I have on my notes from Becky, um, one kids tournament left also coming up in September, uh, and that is on Newton Lake. We not only need participants, if you're watching this and you have a kid that wants to go fish it, you have a kid that's never fished a day in his life, bring him out. Uh, but also we need some boat captains. So if you're watching and you have a John boat, a bass boat, whatever you have, saltwater boat, we don't care, and you want to help get a kid fishing, come on out. That's in September at Newton Lake. Both those events, head over to ikefoundation.org and get more information. All right, uh, before we get Terry on, one other thing. ICAST happened uh, and cannot tell you how much positive feedback I had on the new format of the show, the 2.0 format, which is a more up-close and personal one-on-one uh, interviews, one-on-one -on -one discussions. Uh, I'm having a blast doing this style podcast. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm so happy you guys are enjoying it. So thank you to everyone at iCast who stopped by and said, you know, we love the new format. So I, I appreciate that. All right. I want to get right to it. Uh, I'm going to plug him in here. Join us now, and we're going to find out how long he's been in industry because I feel like it might even be longer than me. Um, we've got uh, my friend. Probably one of the best guys I know in the fishing industry. Uh, Terry Brown joining us right now on Ike Live. Terry! I'm here. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing really good. Uh, after going to ICAST and getting the Haitian flu or whatever the heck it was, uh, <laughs> I, I still got it, man. When was ICAST? Like a year ago, and I still got the stupid crud. I don't know what's going on. Dude. That's, That's crazy. Old age, dude. You know? That's crazy. Now, you know, it's. I, I can tell you the one thing that always happens and still happens to me is when you travel as much and do speaking engagements. And, you know, we go so far back that I remember doing like the Chicago show and I was still like young, young, like I was still green, uh, you know, like not even like, uh, you know, giving a presentation and not even feeling confident. You know, I was young, young, you know, and it's like every year that time of the year when it came to uh, December, January, February be show season. Right be show season 
And dude, I'd be down and out every time, you know, just from the travel and meeting people and, and there was no way around it. I, I think it's the same now. Yeah, well, we're a bunch of huggers anyway, and that doesn't help. In Chicago <laughs> show, the Chicago show, you didn't have to worry about getting anything because there was no one there. <laughs> I mean, you could shoot a gun down any aisle and you wouldn't have hit anybody. I mean, it was that was absolutely that was that was back when it was called uh something else. It was yeah. it had a different name. I've I've known you, I think from Federation even. You know, oh yeah. That, I've been doing this a long time, probably longer than most. And you know, it's funny because there's not a lot of guys my age that are still out here digging around. And, you know, you got George Kramer out West and you got a several other guys that are been doing this, but I've been doing this, gosh, I think since I wrote for Bass Times, that really what first thing I did was yeah. doing radio programs and sports and stuff like that before that. But I always felt like that I wanted to get bigger in the industry. There was a lady named Ann Lewis. I don't know if you remember her or not, Mike. Sure did. Wonderful, wonderful PR lady at Bass. And she called me one day and she said, you need to come to the Classic. Well, I'd been to all the classics, except, you know, they had the All-American and all that stuff that Ray did yeah. before. But when they started being classics, I went. Well, she said, come as our guest. So I went and did radio and stuff for them and all that kind of stuff back then. Long time ago now, man. I'm, I had black hair then. I still have a little bit of black hair, but for the most part, gray. And uh, you, you are, I want to make sure I do this because this is important to me. Congratulations on the Hall of Fame. It Thank you. Lot. I think that. There's nobody that I've met in this sport, and sometimes you were maligned because of it. We've talked about that. Yeah. But you changed the way anglers were, are looked at, and it's not a guy sitting with a glob of dewworms on a bucket. And you changed that. You changed that entire uh, attitude and disposition of fishing, and you need a lot of credit for that because I think single-handedly you changed the sport. Man, I, I, I appreciate that. That, uh, that means a lot really a lot coming from you. Uh, you know, I, I tell you, we've known each other for a long time and I could, fl I'll flip it back on you, Terry. I'm going to flip it back on you right now and tell you, I feel the same about you. Um, you, you know, honestly, I, I kind of, when I first started, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So our interactions and our early interviews and, and that stuff, man, it, it sort of set me in a direction of, what I needed to do, you know, how I needed to present myself. And I think you did things from a media perspective, from a radio TV perspective that weren't being done at the time. And I'll flip it back on you and say, thank you for helping grow the sport too, because it's not a bunch of, you know, it, fishing, bass fishing for a long time was stereotyped. And I'm so glad that we're able to burst out of the bubble. Uh, well, and we, get are, we, are, we are. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of growing pains left. You know, I remember yeah. Danny, Brower, Danny Brower is a dear friend of mine, of yours too. And he told me one time, he said, I don't know if we got any growth left. And this is a few years ago. And yeah. I said, no, we got to, you know, and that's when we started high school fishing and we did a lot of that other stuff. Which yeah. too. But, you know, it's amazing to me, the energy and the youth now. And the only thing I'm really concerned about is the bending of rules and some of the stuff that's going on there. But yeah. I think ultimately, if we stick to our guns, there is a black and white in the world, believe it or not. I know everybody wants all the, you know, all the people in the world want to think there's a lot of gray. I don't yeah. think so when it comes to fishing and, yeah, you know, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of room for growth yet. And I'm, I'm kind of excited to be still doing this deal. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I, I want to jump back even further though. Like, did, did you see this coming? Like when you were, I know you've got a degree, I think, I think you have a radio TV background and, and did you see it coming? Like, I want to know, I want to get in your mind when you were a, junior 
at university and were you thinking, man, I'm going to get in the fishing industry. I'm going to change the way information is put out there. Was that going through your mind or hell no? Were no, you partying? Were you? <laughs> no, it's a great question because, you know, I was an athlete, believe it or not. You can't look at me now and know that, but I played center field for in, in college and high school and I played basketball in college and I'm, you know, you know, I'm a giant. So that, that was a kind of a right. I, I played a lot of sports and then I started doing radio. I did this thing outdoors in McLean County. Then I did outdoors in America. Then I did all this other stuff, but I always knew in the back of my mind, even when I worked in the corporate world, this is where I really belonged. And I think I did. I think it was not something where I had a premonition or, you know, I had a crystal ball or anything yeah. like that, but I just knew we had more. I knew there was more. And I, I'm telling you, I mean this sincerely. I think you changed a lot of things. That stereotype that we've always had in fishing, you know, the bubble on the bucket. I just think that that you change that, and then all of a sudden, youth gets involved. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I've been around you or been around a lot of the other guys that are standing in, you know, a downpour signing autographs for kids and stuff. That changed it. And I, when I was in college, I was a radio and television major, had a PR minor, and went to Illinois State, and it was one of those things where. I knew we had something better we could be doing. And I always had a love for fishing. You know, my dad used to take me to Harold's Pond. And it's a, it's right now, I don't even think it's a pond anymore, but it was this little bitty, not even an acre. And we would have first fish, biggest fish. And then we'd go to Hump's gas station and get a, get a, a frozen candy bar, a zero and something to drink. And that was always what we did on the weekends. And my dad yeah. really got me going on it. My dad's still around. He's 90 now, but he still gets around. And and uh, those are the memories that I have that I knew if I could just get kids doing it. If I could, yeah. just, you know, when, when we started high school, you know, it's been a long time ago, dude. It's been 2000. I mean, I, I did nine proposals to get an association, Illinois High School Association, to do high school fishing. Right. And I know that eight of them went Burr. In the garbage can, right? right directly into the garbage can. Yeah, you could hear the shredder. Running. You could hear the shredder running. You could hear. It. But I, a funny story is, I had one of the associate ed, uh, executive directors there was a friend, and I took him fishing one day. And for some, I think God has a way of working into this some way. But I took him fishing. We wrecked him. We were catching five pounders, six pounders in Illinois. Yeah. It was just one of those killer days. And he's in the car with me coming back to my office, and it sounded like a third grade girl. And wow. I looked at him and I said, you don't suppose we could get kids enthused about this, do you? And he said, send me the proposal again. So I sent him a proposal. Wow. The first line in the proposal is one you'll love. It said, every kid I get fishing is one less I have to worry about breaking into my car. And that sold it. That sold wow. it. They put it to the board. And we were the first association, Illinois was. There was other clubs and stuff like yeah. that. But never an association who embraced it and said fishing should be a sport. That's when I knew we had it. You know, if I had any legacy in my life. That is the most important legacy I leave is the fact that that we've got high school kids fishing. You know, kids that didn't give a rip about their high school. Yeah, that that wearing wearing logos and stuff. It's great. It's an amazing story, and I I've never heard that story told before. All the years I've known you, I didn't know that exact story. But I think it's hard. There's a lot of people watching this Terry right now and listening to this, and they're saying there was a time before high school and and college fishing. And they're they're like they're they're right now they're they're dumbfounded that there was a time before that existed. Uh, and I want to throw I want to throw some stats at you because I have a 12 year old right now that is nuts about it. And he's he's been in the junior nationals the last couple of years, 
They had over 200 boats at the Junior Nationals. I was their captain them at Hartwell. The very next week, they had over 400 high school teams competing at the Junior Nationals. You go to places like Louisiana and Texas and Florida, regularly over four to five, 600 boats of kids competing. Does that blow you away? To uh, it, it, it has to, because it blows me away to think about a time when it didn't exist. Zero. <laughs> And right. then, and then you flash forward to now, and right. there's this energy and excitement. And you know, I I was at the meeting at Vegas's Junior National Meeting, and dude, these kids are pumped up. Terry, I know you've been at these events, dude. They are. It's like being at a, a soccer tournament or a baseball tournament, and you that energy is there in the sport that we love. Is that incredible? Yeah, it's incredible. It is. Here, here's the thing. We are reaching kids that are athletes, which no question, you know, when first, the first, one of the first uh, mantras I had was it had to be cool because if kids were looked down, if people looked down their nose at somebody that was a fisherman, I knew we wouldn't be successful. So I said it had to be cool. Yeah. Well, at that time you were involved in this was ESPN had that block on Saturday morning. Oh yeah. And they had this tech block and they had all this other kind of stuff. Well, the first year we had the state championship, they came and filmed the two state champions. I didn't have to do anything else to make it cool because on Saturday morning, here's two kids from Southern Illinois who just won the Illinois high school state championship. Then it became cool. And wow. you know, the thing that I think is important is the juniors and the high school and the colleges at the time when I started high school fishing, you know, or was involved in the association getting involved. We only had, there was probably about 60 colleges that had programs in. Now right. look at it. It's growing like gangbusters too. So giant, yeah, giant. I don't yeah. Let me give you a negative. I think 480 boats is too many. There, yeah, and and Becky and I have had this conversation that there, there, there has to be a happy medium somewhere because, uh, you know, the the um, the amount of pressure, the vast amount of pressure, it does have negatives, right? Not not only to the fishery, but the competitors, right? Yeah, you go, you can pull in a cove, and there's 27 boats in the cove. That's not good. We started in Illinois. We had 2,400 kids first year, and we're over 25,000 now. So, and that's wow. in, a, in a short, very short period of time. And I think it's going to get bigger. The only thing that the association doesn't do that now we've got leagues that do is have fishing in the summer and that kind of stuff. I mean, the high school association they got a regional, a sectional, and then they go to state tournament. And all that. That's it. That's all. That's all it is for that. Right. But now you've got these associations like ICAST in Illinois. There's a lot of places. You know, I know North Carolina, Texas. You mentioned them gigantic but we don't have the fisheries that can support it here's right. the other thing i don't think kids should be paying and i said right. that in the beginning jerry mckinnis sit right here in this office jerry and angie and talked about high school fishing before the before bass had it and wanted right. to know, they wanted to pick my brain a little bit about it we sat here and talked about it and i said the number one thing you should not do is charge these kids right figure out ways that you got i mean the 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 uh berkeley's and the rapalas and all the people that are around they're going to be chomping at the bit because this is the future buyer. Yeah. And let's get these kids. So it, when you're 18, charge them whatever you want to charge them. I don't care. Right. Until they're 18, until they're 18, make this thing so they're not paying. And right. you know, some have listened, some haven't. But I can tell you that I think the best way to get these kids enthused is just get them out there. You know, Mike, yeah. you know what? I mean, you got you still get enthused about being out there fishing. Yeah. And, it keep it keeps you it keeps me young. I, I I'm I'm withering away, uh, but it keeps me it keeps me young. Like every time I'm out there, I feel 
15 again. And I feel like you gave that story about going to the pond and getting ice cream. Like I had those memories too. And every time I go out, I'm, I'm there again. Yeah. Brings me back, yeah. you know? So well, keep keeps you young. keeps you youthful. Got, you got, you were a young gun. When I started doing all this stuff, it was you and Skeet and Kevin and everybody was a young gun. Now we're the, yeah. old, we're the old bent rifles, you know? I mean, yeah. I it is, is, but we still have the same enthusiasm we had when we started this thing. I do. Yeah. I fished a Tuesday nighter last night, you know, going out and fished Tuesday nighter. We had one fish. Yeah. All right. We got four. That's how great our fisheries are, right? So it, there's, there's, exactly like New Jersey. Yep. <laughs> we have to, here's the thing. If we're going to have this many kids participating, I, I yeah. tell you all day long, the catching's the deal. Yeah. The fishing part, I mean, that's okay. You fish in the parking lot, but yeah. it's the catching part. Yeah. So we've got to work on our fisheries. we got to make them better and we got to make it so kids can catch fish. And if you catch, if you have a kid you've never had out fishing, all right. And he goes out and he catches something. He's ate up. It's done. Oh, it's yeah. over. We got him. Oh yeah. You know, and I always said if I could get the parent, I could get the kid. And, and and if I got the kid, I got the parent, right? So the parents are the ones that are making this thing go. The only thing is we got to train the parents too. And I'm not very good at that. We've got parents that will buy their kid a boat, but don't have your skill level. Like Vegas is going to rock be a rock star. I mean, no question in my mind, because he's got your intuition, he's got your knowledge, and he's got your energy. Yeah. And I think that's where it's going to be good for him. Yeah. Well, I, I, I see it growing and I hope we can find a balance, you know, there between, you know, the, the number of participants and all that stuff. And I, I really, I hope it, you know, I always envisioned that it would mirror other sports, you know, where, you know, a kid growing up loves baseball, you know, for crying out loud, I've got, I'm, I'm 15 minutes from Millville, New Jersey, the home of Mike Trout. Right. So I always envisioned that it would be like that, you know, where, you come up through the high school and the, the leagues, the little leagues, and, you know, you progress naturally through this system. Now, fishing's different, but I hope at some point it can get to that progression. It kind of has. It kind of has. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the, the learning curve of a baseball player is much longer. Even if they start, say, at 17, they're a really good high school a uh, athlete. They go yeah. to college and they play. Mm. That that window is a little, you know, it's, it's here. But for fishing – Look how many young dudes we've got out that are just wrecking them. I mean, Crazy. Lots of them and, and that learning curve goes, whoop, it's real fast. Crazy. And actually, that that is a perfect segue point to, to something I had on my notes, um, which is exactly that, which is, dude, these these dudes are unbelievable, Terry. Unbelievable. Like, I'm, I'm watching Bass Pro Tour or, you know, I sit back and watch the final cut on a day I didn't make it on the Elite's. And I'm looking at these anglers that many of them in their 20s. Mm -hmm. And I, my eyes are like, my eyes are like that. And I really believe a lot of that increased learning curve that, you know, has happened yeah. because of the way we disseminate information, because of the way that the information is now available in the fishing industry. Talk about that. I want you to talk about that because, again, you're one of the guys I think that really changed that, you know, like I. I can remember being a kid and the only way I could get information in New Jersey was my mailbox, you know, every month uh, right. or TNN on the weekends. Right. And it was very, very limited the way that I could consume information. And now after, you know, Bassmaster and, 
and bass fan and wired to fish and all these amazing tools dude these kids are freaking hammers i see it with vegas i come home and he's watching it on his tablet he's 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 thumbing through techniques and styles and and i'm blown away because i'm like he's 12 he's freaking 12 talk about that because that that's that's that change was just well, there, there's two or three things. Technology changed a great deal. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, some of it I like, and I like forward looking, and I like all that kind of stuff. I really yeah. do. I've got it on my boat, whatever. But I wonder, for the fan, are they getting anything out of it? When a guy stands and looks at a screen like this, makes a cast like that, watches the screen, watches him, go, you know, is yeah, that, is that good for the sport or is that bad for the sport? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I know this: technology changed it. We're not using persimmon shafts in our drivers and golf clubs anymore. Right. Got to be able to move up to the next level. There. I get excited because that twelve-year-old that you're talking about, he probably knows more about electronics than I did, even ten years ago. Oh yeah. Hundred you percent. Know, my first depth finder was a rock on a float. <laughs> I take them and let them drift. And they would drift up to a, a point and they stop. Well, then yeah. I knew that's where the point was. Then we went yeah. to flashers. Woo wee. Flashers were great. You know, and I still <laughs> use one. I think they're great. And then you went to LCDs and LCRs and all this other kind. Now you're watching television. Yeah. And what's the next thing? You know, Mike, I mean, that's yeah. the thing, whether it's Lawrence Garmin, whatever, this stuff is pretty crazy. And here's what happened. Here's what the here's the difference. Kids could always cast and they had dexterity to be able to do that. But now they're way ahead of us because of the computer knowledge and the social media knowledge. Yeah, yeah. That there, there is like you better stay up with it or you're going to get left behind. Because yeah. I see these kids, you know, they got four graphs in their boat and they're 18 years old. Where, I mean, where do they get the money? That's the first thing, you know. Where do you get the money? But anyway, they get excited about they get excited about the technology, and I think that's really a big plus. A big yeah. plus is the technology. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I, I've, I watch Vegas do it and I'm blown away. He's, he's so good with, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, I'm not so good with it, but, uh, <laughs> but just, I, I mean, the sheer way that guys are getting information is just, is incredible. And social I, media, I, social media has changed again. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing right here. Right. If it wasn't for the technology to allow us to do that and be able to pass on information. Yeah. At, and there's good and bad though. There's right. good and bad. And I, I'm glad you said that because do you miss like, like this is a legitimate question because I, I've asked myself this, do you miss the good old days? And when I say good old days, instead of social media and digital content and this damn podcasting instead of radio, do you miss the good old days? Like a magazine in your hand, like feeling it, reading the print, you know, like, do you miss those days? Yeah, I, I think there's, I miss it from the standpoint is that I think we lose some things. I think in yeah. ethics and integrity go away. There's nobody teaching that. I wish I'd have taught more of that, you know, when we did the high school thing. The problem you got is that there's got to be uh, uh, some a middle middle ground. There's got to be a middle ground somewhere, right? Yeah. And right. Where, that, where technology ends and participation begins. And you can read all day long. I've seen, I had, when we first started high school fishing, I had guys I called, you know, they were squirrel hunters and they were throwing them in the trees more than they were in the lake. And I had one kid, I called him Trip because he kept falling down in the boat all the time. So I called him Trip. And there's a lot of that stuff that's going on. But see, I think, I think there has to be a happy medium. I think yeah. that where we're at, where we're at right now is, I mean, I, I asked the question on my Facebook page the other day. Would I really miss anything if I got off of social media? Would I miss anything? Yeah. And every, I mean, I got this long string of people going, no, you wouldn't miss a doggone thing. 
we'd yeah. miss, you know, we'd miss your input because I do right. a lot of stuff. You know, you know, I mean, Mike, I'm building boats and monkeying around with boats all the time. Yeah. yeah. Gig, and trying to figure out how to make this better, how to do this, how to do that, and try to show people along the way that I'm doing. Because, I mean, I'm just a hill jack from normal Illinois, right? And I just like working on boats. That's what I'd rather do than anything. Yeah. And I try to pass that information on. Well, the, that was the comment that made me feel the best was, yeah, you're gonna, you're not gonna miss anything, but we'd miss that input. So yeah, yeah, and that that I think that's what you're doing. That's what a lot of people are doing. If, as long as you've got your focus, as long as your focus is on the good, right? And not trying to get waypoints and all the stuff that's associated. Yeah, with it, yeah, out. yeah. Social media, it's a, it's a, you know. For me, it's a balancing act because it's uh, from a business perspective and, you know, from a perspective of reaching people, it's like a must. Uh, but, you know, it could also tear you down. Like, I, I tell you, thank God I was born in New Jersey. Thank God I grew up right outside of Philadelphia because, man, it's hard. You know, one of the things in my career, you know, I've dealt with a lot of negativity and I'm an outspoken person like you are. And I, you know, I, I mean, you know, I speak my mind and, and I've really over the years, that's been even hard for a Jersey guy, you know, you, you never want to, to have people not like what you're doing and people, you know, have a negative viewpoint of things you're doing, you know, that it hurts. I don't care if you have the thickest skin in the world, it still hurts. And, uh, when you, you were, know, that, when you were in Philly and you won a tournament in Philly, did you get, did you get a hunger? Did you see a hunger in that crowd? I mean, I did, I watched that way in and I watched you win and I watched you win with your local people and I watched that happen there's a hunger out there that's not politics. That's not yeah. worrying about taxes. That's not yeah. all the other things that we have to deal with. There's yeah. a hunger out there. If we could reach that, if there's some sort of a button we could push yeah, win again, we can make this America again. And that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. It's magic. That magic energy that you're talking about. I wish, I wish you're right. I wish we knew a way to harness that the good, positive magic energy. And then like another button that got rid of all the people that are just, everything's you know you know get rid of that and more of that positive it would be we're going to be a target here's something i'd like to leave you with honestly is the fact that we're going to be a target okay bow hunting now you saw that oh we don't you know we're not if you if you're doing bow hunting or bow shooting in high school we're taking your federal funds away yeah okay we're going to be a target because we've got you know PETA and all the rest of these oh yeah that are after us so we got to fight the fight you can sit in your own little corner but you better be engaged. And the problem yeah. is, is a lot of people are afraid to be engaged. They're yeah. afraid, you know, for their job, they're afraid for other things. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm in the best of all worlds because I can say how I feel and what I want to do. And yeah. I'm not worried about what people say. You had a lot, you know, I can remember you and I talking on radio a couple of times when you'd just been through a deal, right? And I just oh, yeah. said, stay the course, stay the yeah. course. Because yeah. I could see what Mike Iaconelli was about because I knew you. Yeah. You know, you and I talk about it. And one thing I can say I'm most proud of in my career is I've never thrown anybody under the bus that I'm, you know, ever. I've never tried. Yeah. If somebody didn't want to talk about something, do you remember when George Cochran and Jim Bitter got into to do down at Harris? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. All right. Sure do. Jim called me and he said, I want to be on the radio with you. I said, fine, but I'm going to have George on. Right. Goes, what do you mean? I said, I can't just have you on and not have George on. We got to have both sides of the story. Right. Right. That was the most fun interview I've, I think I've ever done because, you know, Grouchy oh, Jim, I love Jim to death, right? You know, Jim, I used to travel with him, Fish Redman, down in Florida a little bit. And and then 
And then, of course, George, Gentleman George, which is, uh, I think, is funny, too. <laughs> George, too, you know. And so I had each one of them on on the radio and tell their wow. story. And what it ended up doing, I don't know if they even talk to each other anymore. I have no idea. But I yeah. know that, that there was a common ground that was created there. Yeah. And that's what we have to look for is this common ground. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, is that archived somewhere? I've got a copy of it somewhere here. Oh my gosh. I would, I mean, that's like, I'd pay for that. <laughs> it's I would funny. love to hear that. You ought to hear, I mean, I've got radio interviews I did with people that are just hilarious because I mean, I go back and listen to them once in a while when I get a few minutes and it's like, holy crap, you know, this is like antiquated. It's like, you know, it's like a cane pole, a bobber, man. You know, it's yeah. funny. See, I'm a, I'm trying to embrace the youth. I really am. I'm trying to yeah. embrace the new kids, you know, the, the guys that are winning, the young guys. But I still have an affinity with guys like Denny and Tommy Biffle and, yeah. and those guys. So I'm, I'm probably a rare duck because there's very few people my age that are chasing this still as hard as I am. You know, I mean, you don't see a lot of old gray-haired guys that are still yeah. in the media. There's just not very many of us. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, but I've got I've got a love for the, the prior and then I'm trying to embrace the, the young kids and trying to figure out what they're doing and how they yeah. do it and all that. Yeah. So. Well, you can't forget about the history of the sport. I mean, that for me is super, super important. Uh, it's part part of the reason I went back to bass, you know, from from MLF is it just felt more of a connection for me personally with that history of the sport. And we talked before when we were testing the mics here, the jersey in the back. I love it. Like that's the kind of stuff I see. And it. I don't know. It makes me feel good because that's my connection too. you know, you mentioned all those names. And when I was 12, 13, 14, reading about those guys, that's what got me into the sport, you know? So I, I see an embroidered Jersey hanging like that. And I'm like, my eyes are like, yes, the yes. Sponsors, <laughs> the sponsors are great. You know, I had the opportunity a few times. I played a lot of golf back in the day and I had an opportunity to play with Ben Crenshaw and Ben Crenshaw was the best golfer I ever played with. And, and mainly because he could putt so well. But anyway, I'm playing with him, and, and we got about four or five holes in, and he says, you know what the most important thing to me in golf is? And I said, no, I have no idea. You know, the drive, the putt, what is it? And he said, yeah. no, it's history. Uh, yeah. You know, and he, he embraced history of the sport. It was funny. I played with him at Barton Creek down in Texas, and after that, like a month after that, he wins the Masters. So that was a kind of a neat deal. There's a lot of stories, yeah. a lot of stories. I mean, there's a lot of crossover we need to figure out ways to do with that. But our, our problem is right now is that how do we disseminate the right information? Not just right. information, but how do we disseminate the right information? And it includes right. history as you you're you're a student of it. Oh yeah. You know, you're uh, a student of history. And yeah. I think our kids need to have that. You know, I fish with a twenty-eight-year-old kid who is a stud. He's a stick. He can really catch them. He went out to MPFL, fished there and finished ninth in Angler of the Year, first time he ever fished tournaments national level. And He's really a good stick, but he doesn't he doesn't embrace the history quite like maybe like a lot of other kids did. Now, all of a sudden, because he's been on my old rear end, he starts looking at history a little bit. Yeah, and I love it. You know, I'll catch him. I'll say, man, you know, did you know this was used to be this way? He goes, no, I, he goes, you're kidding me. I know that's the way it used to be, dude, you know, yeah. and then he'll go. And then later he'll say something to me. Uh, his name's Taylor Umlin, and he's a great kid. And he'll say something to me like, didn't you tell me once this? You know, and I go, yeah, that happened in 1968 or something. And, you know, and I've got socks that are older than he is. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, he's kept me young, sort of like Vegas will do for you. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. keeps you young, keeps you enthused. It's funny. I always fished out of the front of the boat. I was always very competitive. I always wanted to go out and wreck them and all that kind of stuff, right? I started fishing with him, and I said, take the front. Yeah. I said, you're gonna, you fish front. I said, no, you fish the front. And you yeah. make the decision, and you decide yeah. where we're going to go, and you decide what we're going to do. And the kids have become a really good angle. It really, it really, it's funny you said that because it really changes your perspective on the sport when you get a young guy or your your children or a nephew or something like that and for me in vegas it's been the same way and i i'm captaining him trying to coach but also trying to let him progress naturally on his own right, right. you know it's hard as a dad as a coach to watch failure you know to see mistakes and, and you try to coach and steer that they don't make those mistakes but they almost have to, right? You almost have to sit back and let them learn on their own and make those mistakes on their own, I think, to have to have the most impact, you know? Well, I, can, I can tell you this. Being in the back of the boat sucks. I'll just be point blank. <laughs> you, know, I'll say, I wanna, you know, you don't have any cast angles. You know, I'm fishing bubbles yeah. all the time. I tell him I'm pulling skiers because he goes real fast. So I'm, you know, flipping a bank, and next thing I know is behind me. Yeah. Now the back of the boat sucks. But yeah. Remember, Mike. When we started this in BASS and all this old, it was two anglers, you and, you know, somebody else. Always, always. Yeah. Next to each other in the front of the boat fishing. Yeah. And that there was a, there's a change when everybody kind of went, well, what they can put this Marshall guy or somebody else in the back of the boat. Yeah. Change the disposition. Cause there were a lot of fights that occurred in the front of the boat. I, oh yeah. You know, I wish I'd have had a recorder a lot of times in the front of the boat when these two guys are going at it. Right. I want that <laughs> kind of stuff. I live for that. Yeah, anyway. uh, it's so good. Uh, some of the stories I've got some good ones too. Uh, I I I do want to I want to leave you one last thing before I let you go, Terry. And I I've actually I can't remember if I saw it written or if it was a podcast. I was listening. I can't remember where I heard it, but you talked about something that I have talked about on like live in the past, and I I I, I I'd, I'd be bad of me not to bring this up. Is for the sport to get to the ultimate growth level and you spoke to denny about it he's a lot of people are concerned right to, for it to get to its highest point can there be all these leagues out here right we've got we've got bassmaster we've got mlf we've got mpfl we've got all these leagues can they i, I guess it's a dual question can they coexist and does there have to be a point at where there's one professional league and not all these other leagues well you could you could rectify a little of that by having a championship between mlf and bass okay you can right. rectify it by having the classic top 10 classic guys remember top gun remember when we had that, that oh yeah thing, okay awesome tournament awesome yeah. tournament great time okay but you have if we were to say and this is the covering of my stuff you know hey i got this nice shiny thing but i'm not going to show it to you how about we try to get along and try to grow the sport Let's yeah. have a true championship where you have the top 10 from the classic, top 10 from the MLF Red Crest. Yes. And let them go head to head. No yes. information. You're, we're going to put them on a secret lake. We're going to take them out there, give them a day of practice, whatever. I don't care. But yeah. Let them go head to head. Just like we did with Top Gun. We went down to Eagle Mountain and, you know, we're down by Dallas when you were there. You were at it. And oh, yeah. You know, the coolest thing ever. You know, we had fish, fish burn there. And we had all, you know, big screens and all that kind of jazz. That grew the sport, believe it or not, because that was prior awesome. to that was prior to the PAA's deal. Yep. All right. So that was prior to all that. You know, Scott Laney and Kumar and I had this idea. We had to figure out how we were going to pay for it, but we figured it out. You guys didn't pay an entry. We paid yep. for your hotels. 
Yeah. All that stuff. It was truly a national event and it was very well attended at a Cabela's down in Fort Worth, Texas. Yep. So why can't we do that? But here's the problem. These two leagues, for some unknown reason, and I, I talked to Charlie Evans, I've talked to Kathy Fennell, I've talked to all the Bass folks. Let's put it together. What's it going to take? Yeah. You guys now have a classic in February and everybody's trying to step on each other and everything else. Yeah. How about we do a fall event? Boy, wouldn't that be unique? We do a fall event where we have a championship. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get at it. Let's do it. it. It's crazy, and I, I, I guess the, I guess the question's why? Like, why haven't these leagues come to terms with each other? Right? If, if they're all trying to coexist in the same space, it baffles me why. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm not ever going to sit here and place the blame on one of the leagues. You no, know, why, why? Right? Why is one, you know, putting the tournament on the same week, or why is one trying to trump? You know. Why are they making it so you can't attend a championship event because there's another event? Or I, I don't understand what. And and you have the you have the inside, Terry. You know these people better than anybody, including me. Why? Why is that? I think because of when things started, things were started in an adversarial relationship. When MLF started, mm-hmm. it was Barry Bass. Okay, and they mm-hmm. could say what they want to that that wasn't the case, but it was. Right. And what we have to do is. Okay, that happened when ten years ago. Now it's gone on a long time. Get yeah. over it. Get over right. it. Grow up. You're you're a grown man. Let's right. get it so that we try to work together. There. Why would you not want to have your league do well, the other league do well, and then have a championship at the end? Why would you not want that? It's like a right. voter ID card. Why would you not want that? Right. Yeah. So yeah. let's try to figure out. People like you, Mike, can make a difference. I, you know, I'm just an old. Hillbilly from Northern Illinois, but I can tell you this: I've said it to them all. To them all. And why don't you know? And they've got their reasons, and they're probably yeah. legitimate reasons, right? I'm not going to work with them. They're you know they're paying the butt. You know that's what they're going to say, both of them. Yeah, but I know those guys. I know them, and I could if I could sit at a table with three from here, three from here, and go. Here's my reasoning. Here's how you win because we're all robbing from the same bucket. Yes. Sponsorship dollars. Yes. How much money can Mercury and Yamaha and Lawrence and Garmin put into both? Yeah. Yeah. All, better yeah. all of us. All of us are right. It, it's not not just the leagues, but the anglers, the right. the media. Like everyone is trying to reach for the same one mm-hmm. and pulling in different directions. Is it? You brought something up, and, and I feel responsible too because I'm an angler. Do the anglers have a responsibility to help make this happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You have the strongest voice. Yeah. And, you know, here's, here's, I always said the best tournament to win in any career is the last one of the season. And like, I can remember Dean Rojas won a tournament at the very end of the year and he got to have six months to yeah. relish in his glory, right? Yeah. Six months. And I told him one time, I said, this has got to be the best of all worlds for you to do that because now you got a tournament here. A week later, somebody else wins one. A week later, somebody else wins one. I yeah. can't keep track of it, and that's what I do for a living. Who yep. the hell just won last week? I can't remember. You know, who confusing. won Confusing. Yeah, very confusing. Yeah, and so why don't we – and then let's elevate the position of the press. Elevate people to say, look, I'm going to pick that guy, that guy, that guy, and that guy because I know they're going to be honest and they're going to tell the truth. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. be the ones that get to cover this. You're going to get special media credentials. You're going to get to do this. We're going to do TV. We're going to have all this stuff going on. That's what enthuses me yet about where we could get to. 
Yeah. You know, we don't have much non-endemic at all in our sport. You know, I'm right. digging around trying to figure out, you know, can I get a bucket company or a, somebody all the time? Cause that's what I do, but we need more non-endemic sponsors. Here's the problem with, we had with non-endemic. You were involved in some of this. You have a big automotive company. They come in, they need an extension cord. Get your own damn extension cord. You know, that's what we did. We didn't right. fulfill their obligations. Right. 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 They come to a tournament and they go, I need this. I need that. You know, figure it out yourself. You know, I got to go over here and I got to weigh fish or I got to do this, or this. Fulfillment of that advertiser and they don't get it fishing. They don't right. get fishing. Right. You know, we need a primer where Mike Iaconelli talks about what this is really about, why yep. this is important, why this is why this is our life. We need that. Yeah. And we had just a little bit of fulfillment with some of these non-endemics. You know, I see Toyota and they're hanging tough. I love Toyota yeah. because yeah. they're hanging tough. And, you know, they've got a great vehicle and, and they've been with the sport a long, long time. Dynamics doing a great job with them. But we need more of them. We're Chevrolet. Yeah. We had Chevrolet. Yeah. You And here's how you can tell if you make a mark. Drive to any parking lot when you have a big tournament, when you have a 100-boat tournament. Yes. Yeah. The trucks are in the parking lot. Right. All right. I can assure you 80% of them are Toyotas right now. And yeah. that didn't happen overnight, but it happened. Yeah. It happened. It and happened there, for sure. It used to be all Chevys. Yeah. Ford's never been in a game. Dodge, yeah, a little bit. You know, yeah. maybe once in a while. You know, Ram, they were in it for a while. That's one we could start with. Let's start with other trucks. Let's get all these trucks involved. Let's get, yeah. you know, automotive companies involved. There's so much crossover. You yeah, know, how do we how, how do we do that? Like I, that that for sure is the case. When I when I look at other sports, I look at any any of the other major sports. Man, you hit it right on the head, Terry. Every automotive brand is there. You know, we got main, we got watches and food and drinks and and in the fishing industry, it's never been there. And I, and I guess how do we how do we do that? Is it pure sales? Is it do we not get the same numbers? Is it? Is there a TV connection? I, What's I think I've got an idea, and I'll tell you, I'm going to fall back on an old story. I put together a lieutenant governor's tournament in the state of Illinois where the lieutenant governor was agreeable that we were going to get politicians and take them fishing, right? Yeah. So we went on one weekend, we took legislators and, you know, and they didn't know Sikkim about fishing. They had no idea. And they they'd enjoyed the time, but they didn't know anything about it. But you watch legislation that occurs afterwards, and all of a sudden, somebody that didn't get a rip about the stream or the river or the lake did. All right, yep. they voted in favor of what you're doing. Why don't we do that with advertisers? See, that's that covering of the shiny thing, right? If I got if I got you know AutoZone to come in, I don't want to tell him I got AutoZone because then he's going to steal them from me. Right, right. You, know, like, you remember the old days when the leagues would take would take people that you might have as an advertiser, you'd bring a guy in and next thing you know, they're whining and dining him and taking them to the Super Bowls and all that. And oh, you yeah. lost them. You yep. lost them as an angler, right? Yep. That happened over and over. And I heard it over and over and over again. I'm not going to tell them anything, but yep. the angler, here's how, you, here's how you do it. You say, guys, we could have the Super Bowl. All we got to do is set it up, get somebody to run it. And you got to get along. Yeah. I, I've told them many times, I'll set at a table with you. I'll yeah. help you. I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not a yeah. BASS or MLF, right? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out how to do it. And what's it going to hurt? Yeah. You know, Top Gun didn't hurt a doggone thing. It was great. No. no. You know, the the uh, uh, PAA had their deal. Didn't hurt a thing. Right. Yeah. Let's try to bring some people in and do it in a venue that, that gets people enthused. And then have people go out and work for the good of the fish, good of, good of the sport versus the good of themselves. Yeah. That would be the way to work it. 
That that would be awesome. And that and that needs to happen. I see that day coming. And uh well, now I, that I, Kevin's retired, we're gonna get him involved. Well, listen, everybody listens to Kevin. That's the <laughs> the great thing right. about Kevin is not only was he is he the best angler to ever live, which he is, but he's uh everybody likes him. He's the he's the opposite of me, which is great. We <laughs> we might need a guy like that to help this come together. We might need a guy like you though. Yeah, but here's what I said. Here's what I've said about you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record. You're gonna hear it here on iCloud. Right? <laughs> people that know you do not feel the same way as people that see you from the outside. You're maligned. I've said that many times to you personally, and I've and I've seen that happen. Your enthusiasm scares the crap out of some people, right? Yeah. yeah. But your energy doesn't scare the crap out of me. Your yeah. energy is some. I want to be next. I want I want to learn everything I can from you. I want to be right with you. That is what I've said since day one when we met, and that's what I say today. And here's the deal. If somebody knows you, they love you. And if you if you can't worry about the haters because I've got them, right? I yeah. got the same group. So yeah. let's do what we can do. Let's, yeah. let's pool our let's pool our energy. Let's get the Denny Browers and the Kevin Van Dams and the Skeet Reese's and the Mike Iaconelli's and say, look, we're pushing for this. Yeah. And if we have to hold our own, yeah. maybe that's what we do. Because that's what we did with Top Gun. Yeah. All right? They, we couldn't get those guys. It was herding cats. We couldn't get either one of them to cooperate. So we just did it ourselves. Yeah. And, yep. you know, that's when you got to get creative, and that's where you got to come up with a little bit of dough. But it seemed to work pretty good with Top Gun. And really good. Let's do it. Let's, yeah. have a super, let's have a Super Bowl. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in, too. I'm all in, too. Man, I, I love it because I think the, the buzzword of this whole interview today was there's still room for growth. Absolutely. You're watching this or listening to this. Listen. Fishing is is not peaked. It's not hit a roadblock. You know, I think there's room for growth. You've seen it with the high school program. Terry, thank you, thank you, thank you for helping start that thing. Unbelievable. You've seen it with information. We can do the same thing with the leagues. Uh, you know, get along, come up with a common goal. There's still room for growth. I'll leave, you, I'll leave you with this. I'm going to get off of here after this, but I'll leave you with this. We're always going to have bumps and we're always going to have potholes. And in Illinois, yeah. we have a lot of both. Okay. But what we have to do is be able to, to, to get around those or through those. The problem is, is that major league baseball, NBA, NFL, all have had the same bumps and the same potholes, right? But they continue to grow. That's what we have to do. Let's figure right. it out. Let's figure it out. Let's work together and figure it out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's not like other sports haven't had issues too. And, yeah. and, and the other thing to keep in perspective, I wish all this would happen now, but bass fishing is still pretty young mm -hmm. when you compare it to baseball or football, right? You know, we're basically from the seventies, so we're a young sport, but, uh, man, I, do you think this all, what we're talking about, will this happen in our lifetime, Terry? Yeah, or well, is this I hope so. You I know, hope so I'm, too. I'm on living to I'm 130, but <laughs> at the present rate, I'm not sure I'm going to make it. But I can tell you, I can tell you that I I I'm a big believer in looking for the next guy. Okay, when I'm doing what I do, and and sometimes people wonder what it is, but I when I do what I do, I want to have the next guy standing in line, the Taylor Umlins and the yeah. kids that are coming along. I want to have the next yeah. guy in line. We. You know, I've been a president of several organizations in, in our area, Friends of Reservoirs and our bass clubs and all that kind of stuff. And the whole time I'm doing it, I'm looking for the next guy. Right. I wasn't worried about feathering my own nest. I was worried about the next guy. Yeah. Well, we do that as anglers and we do that as a sport. We can win this thing. We can make right. this really special. You're not going to make everybody happy. You're not. Yeah. It isn't going to happen. 
but let's do the best we can to get 80% of them happy. Yeah, you know, I agree. It's, it's really funny. Fishing is okay, but catching's where it's at, right? Yep. Okay, let's get the catching part going. Let's get the catching yeah. part going in our sport, and I think we'll win. I think we will. Yeah. Man, what a, what a great little motto to leave this podcast with. Terry, thank you for coming on. I don't Absolutely. know what, what, why the hell it took so long to get you on Ike Live, but I'm so glad you came on. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you've been a friend of mine and a friend of the sport forever. And thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the show today. It'll I appreciate never, it. It'll never change, Mike. Thank you for having me. That's awesome. And by the way, we do – was it you that had the nickname or I had the nickname? Who's – this is this is honestly. I know we keep saying we're ending the podcast, but I'm honestly going to end it here. Who is Henry? You Henry. Was that five, me? Yeah, five classics ago, you were doing <laughs> a name tag, right? You probably got it in there on the wall. So it might be. It might. This is like a shrine of stuff in here. Oh yeah, it is. I'm a collector too. Don't call yourself <laughs> call yourself a collector. I ought to see this place. I mean, it's a mess, right? But Henry, I'm walking around. And on your name tag, you had written with a magic marker, and we, I and we, died. Yeah. I died. So whenever anybody, when we're dialoguing back and forth and they see, hey, nice job, Henry, or happy birthday, Henry, yeah, that's the gig. You did it. It was all you. That's awesome. Well, Terry, thank you for coming on. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll de- we run into each other all the time. So look forward to seeing you in the future. And uh, keep pushing, man. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing amazing things. Take care of your kids and tell Becky I said hi. Will do. Thank you. Appreciate it, Terry. You bet. See you, Mike. All right. There you got it, guys. Terry Brown. Yes, 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 yes. So excited to have him on the show. And listen, he's one of those guys, and I'm not kidding you, he doesn't, he won't talk about himself. Like, you have to corner him on these podcasts to make him talk about what he did, and it's so amazing. Thank you, Terry. Uh, Just so cool to see the fruits of his labor all these years later, um, high school, college, uh, you know, things like Bass Fan and Wired to Fish and 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 this and podcasting. Like all this is an early brainchild of Terry's, and it's great to hear him talk about that. Very humble guy. We appreciate him. Um, let me remind you, if you're watching this and you want to help out with the Ike Foundation, head on over to ikefoundation.org. Well, we're here to get kids fishing. Uh, we've got two events coming up, kayak event over on Lake Nakamixon. I want to say it's like September 11th. And then maybe like right around the same time, a week before, a week after, we have the last Ike Foundation Kids Tournament over on Newton Lake. We need kids and we need captains. So if you're watching, if you live in New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, somewhere like that, New Jersey, you want to help out, head on over to ikefoundation.org and get some great information over there. And then last but not least, we want to hear what you have to say. Uh, if you love this new format, let us know. If you hate it, let us know. Uh, you know, also comments. Uh, you know, because this new format is not technically live, we need your comments. So if you have ideas on guests or topics or things you'd like to hear or see, please, please uh, let us know. And uh, we, we want to hear from you. So thank you for tuning in. We've got some great guests coming up in the next couple shows. Uh, Tune in uh, and uh, hope you have a great day. All right. If I can find the, if I can find the outro here, I'm going to play it for you. I guess it's this one. So have a good one and see you in the next podcast. Bye. 
you know, right now where we're standing, we're in Camden, New Jersey. Yeah. Philadelphia is right there. This is the concrete jungle. And you know, a lot of those kids, as they grow up, they don't fish. It's interesting because they're surrounded by water. You know, the, the Delaware River, the Schuylkill, ponds, city park lakes, but they don't have the influence to, to, to cast, to fish, to have a rod and reel. And that really, that became our focus, you yeah. know, is to target kids in what we call non-traditional areas, yeah. you know, urban areas, city centers, where the population's high. And, and let these kids have the experience. You know, it, it, it's amazing. I mean, some of the experiences we've had, whether it's Central Park in New York City, here in Camden, other parts of the country, even just casting. Yeah. It's unbelievable to see it, isn't it? Yes. It's unbelievable. Yes. And, and uh, you know, you see these kids have this experience they've never had, and they light up, you know? The big thing, I think, for the Ike Foundation is we're not, we're not saying we want all these kids to become professional anglers. Yeah. Be great if some of them did, but we want them to have that fishing experience because it ties them to so, so many other positive things. The outdoors, nature, conservation, conservation. Uh, ecology, um, you know, all these amazing things in life that maybe they wouldn't have been exposed to any other way, we're trying to help with that. So it's, it's important, it's important for us. Yeah. We're proud of it. I subscribe to Bass U TV, and so should you. Great place to learn about anything you want to know about bass fishing. You get it at Bass U. We got the best of the best. I'm not just an instructor, I'm a subscriber. I'm John Cruz, and I am a subscriber. You can always learn, and uh, watching Bass U is definitely helps with that. It's something that I like to do, and it's definitely something that you need to do. If I'm still learning, you should be too. Subscribe to Bass U, because you'll learn how to catch a lot more fish.